And now she works with the incoming freshman girls, and she's incredible. And then uh, Delane and Kathy both just graduated. I asked both of them to kind of stay on around for the summer and kind of be like summer interns uh, with the incoming uh, freshman girls as well. So basically the incoming freshman class, these are pretty much the, the, the female leaders for that group, and they're all wonderful in their own sort of way. And so what we've been doing is I've just been kind of asking a question and letting each one of them sort of sort of share I need a microphone. If you guys could uh, bring that other microphone up here, that'd be great. Thank you. Yes, run as fast as you can. Um, and if we have any mic issues, which we have had in the past uh, week or so, we'll just kind of switch mics. So, But the first question um, we're asking each person is this. In what ways were you tempted to waste your life before you knew Christ? And I guess, uh, Candace, do you want to go first since you're on the end of the couch? Here you go. All right. Hi, guys. I'm Candice, if you don't know me. And um, let me tell you a, a bit of background before I um, answer that question. Um, I grew up in a family that um, loved Christ, and I grew up going to church and, and hearing about God and Jesus. And um, I had parents that really um, showed me, by example, how um, to live my life for Christ and serving and leading others. And so the older I get, the more I realize um, what a blessing that that was from God and what a privilege that that was. Um, when I think back, oh, I was I became a Christian when I was five. So, um, just so you guys know, my parents, like I said, showed me Christ, but it was also always very real to me. Like, um, I know that when you say you accepted Christ as five, sometimes it's kind of like, eh, did that really happen? But I really believe it was real, and it was a decision that I made um, to love and serve Christ. Um, it was my parents' faith, but it was also my own, and it was very um, real to me. Um, but when I think about the ways that I was tempted to waste my life, I want you to know that just because you're a Christian doesn't mean that you're, like, exempt from that. And so um, growing up as a Christian, I was still very tempted um, and did uh, many, many times waste my life. And the time period that I can draw it back to the most was, like, through junior high and high school. Um, my personality is such that I always see, like, I'm very driven, and I always have, like, a list of things I need to get accomplished and a lot of activities that I'm doing. And so um, I tended to look at life many times as, like, a checklist of things that I needed to get done for that day and um, failed to spend time investing in people and um, impacting the lives of others. And so when I look back now at all the places that God put me in my life through playing tennis or band or being in academics or being in youth group, and I think about all the people that um, I had an opportunity to influence, I'm really saddened by um, the lack that I did. Like, I, I feel like I was one of those, like, I'll live my life and let that be an example, but I really didn't take time to get to know people that, that didn't know Christ real well. Um, outside of my own group of friends, I didn't spend a lot of time investing in other people's lives. And so when I look back, that really saddens me because I think of all the people that I could have taken the time um, to share my story with and to, other than just say, hey, how are you, and talk surface, like I could have taken um, time away from all the stuff that I deemed so important and spent really getting to know them. And I think um, one of the reasons that that was so difficult for me was that I kind of had this aversion to anything messy. Like when you get to know someone well and you're there for them, you're kind of in the mess of their life and they're in the mess of your life. And, you know, when they're hurting and they're struggling, you're there with them and you feel hurt for them and you talk them through those things. And so 
I mean, I did that for my own group of friends, but as far as people that really needed Christ, that God had placed me in their life, I was very, you know, I held them at a distance, at an arm's length, and I didn't take the time to get messy in their lives and to find out what was really going on and how I could really help. And so that really is something that um, really breaks my heart when I think about because, you know, I was praying about this and I thought, how tragic is it? Christ died and bled for me to get in my mess. Like his whole ministry was walking among sinners and um, showing them the way and that was all mess. And so um, something that I really did was waste opportunities to get in the trenches with people and to spend lots of time with and really get to know and and show Christ um, in a real way and talk about Christ in a real way because I was too concerned with my academics or my sports or my band and you know and that those things aren't wrong in and of themselves but when you're focusing on them and not on Christ alone and not on um, the relationships and the things that are going to last eternally um, that's something that I will always look back and see as like a wasted time period in my life yeah, Hi, I'm Delane um, I grew up kind of I guess a little different um, whenever I was, my parents were actually separated whenever my mom was still pregnant with me so I never had, that was just always how it was. And um, I, my mom started me out in the church. I lived with my mom. And um, we started out really young going to church. And that's whenever I really feel like Christ really came into my life at a really young age. Just because he knew that, or he knew that I would really need that later. But um, then my mom went through some, just a period in her life where she was kind of, I don't know, kind of rebelling in her, but she was she was much older, and so I kind of had to go through that with her, and so I was kind of taken out of the church for a long period of time, and um, kind of left. I didn't have that. My mom was kind of into the bar scene and the party scene, and she drank, and they were. Um, she tried to keep me really sheltered from it, but I was a pretty smart kid, and I kind of put two and two together with um, different things, and so there was just a lot of like. Um, there were some drugs and some sex and alcohol and stuff that was in my uh, that I was exposed to, and um, but I really feel like God came into my life at an early age. That's just kind of my background, and um, I finally I was, lived a long time just knowing God. And still, like I feel like He really held me through my childhood, and then I kind of came back to the church scene. I guess around like seventh eighth grade, and I started coming here, and um, I guess that's really when my faith became so much more real than. Um, just, you know, doing what God wants you to do. And I was really passionate for God and um, all through junior high. And then high school came around. And I guess this is where I see that I was really kind of tempted to waste my life because um, I was really into sports. I played soccer and ran cross country and track. And um, I, was, I was good at it. And, but I, found, I looked for my fulfillment in that. Like running, we went to state my freshman year. And... Um, but I really strived off of winning, like off of doing my best and having an awesome time and winning. Like that's what I got my fulfillment out of. And um, another thing that I kind of looked to for, I looked for my sense of security and my sense of, I guess, my pretty much my identity and just my confidence was in my friends. I had a lot of friends and I kind of surrounded myself with them and um, I didn't find it in God. I didn't look for my confidence in God. I felt confident whenever I was running, whenever I was succeeding in athletics, and whenever I was with my friends. And I had a good group of friends, but um, I don't know. I guess you'll see what happened. 
how I came to realize that that wasn't later. But I really just didn't. I looked in all the wrong places for that fulfillment. Like, none of that will ever fulfill you. And now I look back on it, and I I don't know. I feel really dumb for looking at those things. But I really thought, like, if I can just have a better time, if I can get up and, like, have a better time at my next race, I'll be so much more happy. Or if I can just, you know, have a few more friends, then I'll be so much more happy. And so I guess that that's kind of where I I wasted my life in that way, just looking at all the wrong places and um, striving for things way that weren't going to help me at all. So I guess that's how I wasted my life. My name is Kathy. And um, kind of like both of their stories, um, I've always grown up in the church. Um, when my parents, before I was, you know, alive, my parents didn't go to church and they came straight from college and, you know, whatever, and they got married and had me and they just figured it was the right thing to do to take me to church. That's what all new parents did, right? They took their kids to church. So um, we started going to church and it was about eight years and 12 moves later that um, I was in Marlin, our um, house before this one, and um, I was eight years old and um, mom was really sharing with me, like, why I needed Christ. And um, I actually, you know, I really truly believe that that was the moment when Christ came into my life. I really believe that he um, did come into my life when I was young. And so I was growing up in um, a Christian home. Um, they were trying their best to be like Jesus. Um, and so we went through things like that. Um, when you're eight years old, you don't really have a time to, like, waste your life. You don't really have a calling when you're eight. Um, so I didn't really feel like... I don't feel like before I knew Christ that I wasted my life because I didn't really know anything but, you know, go to bed, wake up, eat, go to bed, wake up, eat. So um, it was pretty much just a pattern. But after that, um, I was homeschooled um, during my third, fourth, and fifth grade years. And um, that was really when Mom kind of built up my faith with me. And she was teaching me how to have a strong foundation in the Lord and how to um, really read scripture and, and to have it implanted in me. And so I was like, yeah, sure, you know, you're at home. You don't have really any outside influences coming in. I didn't have, like, bullies and bad influences and people that were not believers. It was just my house. And so it was really comfortable. And I got really comfortable with learning about Christ and learning about God. And then when I hit middle school, um, it was a completely different story. Um, I had my church friends, but they were just mostly my friends at church. And um, the ones that I surrounded myself at school with, some of them, you know, said they knew who Jesus was and they loved Jesus, but um, a lot of them didn't. And I definitely took them um, into consideration when I was acting um, the way that I did. And um, church was just something I did on Sundays and school the rest of it. Um, I lived my life trying to, in middle school, it was really hard for me because I didn't want to be seen as the homeschool kid because that's just weird and homeschool people are really weird. And so, no offense, I was, okay. Um, So I didn't want to be the weird one or the odd one out, and I wanted to be accepted. So a lot of the things that I did were to be accepted, that people would see like, oh, well, she did that, she's cool, you know, that's cool. Or I'd say certain things, and I'd think about them in my head like, oh, I probably shouldn't have said that. But everybody liked it when I said it, so, you know, it's probably a good thing. Um, So I lived my life not for Jesus. I was not living for my Savior. I was living for me. Um, striving to be liked, to be appreciated, um, to be someone that everyone liked. And I would join in and putting people down and, you know, saying things that I probably shouldn't have said. And um, one of the things that 
I was um, trying to figure out in my life was how I could be um, categorized. And I was categorized as the quote-unquote Christian girl, the one who didn't necessarily say bad words when she said bad things. But um, I was in that category, and I thrived off of that. Um, I loved to be put in that category. Um, But it wasn't simply because of who Jesus was and what he did. It was because of what I had done. Um, And so that's pretty much where... I began to really waste my life and and living my life for me um, and rather um, instead of living it for Jesus like we're supposed to. Thanks for sharing uh, that part of your life. The next question is, what circumstances or people led you to follow Christ and desire more than a wasted life? So I I shared with you guys that um, I came to know Christ very young And, um, you know, that was through parents and being in a a church and a home that um, continually showed Christ and his love to me and, you know, how the joy and the grace that um, fills you. But um, even though I accepted Christ when I was five, a lot of growth needs to happen. You know, you're young, you love God, but you don't really understand what being a Christian is. You're just too young for um, the far ramifications of that and so I really believe when I was 13 I went to a church camp and that um, camp one summer really um, impacted how I saw um, life as a Christian after that Um, through the pastor and the small group Bible studies we were doing um, it was a lot about surrendering to God and how I could say I love him and be a Christian but if I'm surrendering my will to his on a daily basis and so I really Um, came to understand that, first of all, surrender um, isn't a one-time thing. It's not like when I become a Christian, I surrender to Christ. It's a daily thing, and you do it sometimes a moment-by-moment thing. It's an over-and-over-and-over thing where you just let God have control. And so being a control freak by nature, um, that's something I'm still learning over and over and over again. But I think um, that summer I really started to see how my practical life like my day-to-day life and my quote-unquote spiritual life should be one and the same like before I think I viewed um, my life as I have this life that I go to school and I'm nice to people and I do my best and I um, come home and argue with my sister and just the practical life and then I viewed my spiritual life where I loved God and I went to church and I was involved in a youth group and things like that is kind of two separate things and God really um, showed me how those two things should be completely integrated and my relationship with him and my love for him should directly affect my behavior and how I live my practical life and so um, that just really led me to see things like Things like gossiping, like I always wanted to fit in, and so um, I wouldn't typically say something ugly about someone else, but I would stand there and listen because I wanted to fit in, and I wouldn't put a stop to it because I wanted to fit in. And so that summer, I really came to realize that um, it wasn't enough just to stand there and listen because that was really participating, and um, Christ had called me to um, a higher commitment than that and that was to show his love to others by saying no that's not right I'm going to stand up for this friend or I'm just going to walk away and not be a part in it so I think I really realized that summer um, how being a Christian should affect how I live my life and the choices that I made and the way I treated people um, every day okay so this is kind of the circumstances that kind of I never really wandered from Christ 
and I never really, my freshman year, I never really did anything bad. I never got into the party scene. I was still, you know, the good Christian girl, but um, I didn't look to him. He wasn't my everything. My everything was whenever I was succeeding at sports, whenever I had friends, that was my, that was everything to me. And um, he wasn't. And so the circumstances that this gets kind of all over the place. So um, try and bear with me. Sorry, this might seem kind of scatterbrained because I'm kind of scatterbrained. But um, at the end of my freshman year, some circumstances entered my life that um, were really hard to deal with. I had a problem um, that had come into my life, and I didn't want to deal with it because it was too painful so I just numb myself to it and I just pushed it to the back burners and that summer I realized that it was kind of a subconscious thing but um, I got in a relationship with a guy I, this wasn't subconscious but I started dating my um, best friend and um, we had been best friends for like a year and we started dating that summer and um, subconsciously I was finding my sense of security in him and in my best friends, and um, that was where I found my sense of security, and that was my confidence, and I didn't realize it then. Now I can look back and see that, but um, I started, um, then I get to, later that summer, I ended up, um, I finally opened up to my best friend about what had happened to me at the end of freshman year and what I was going through. And there was so much emotion behind it. And I remember just bawling my eyes out and realizing, wow, I have not been dealing with this, and it's just been snowballing inside of me. And now I have this huge monster on my hands, and I don't know what to do with this. Like, I don't know how to fix this problem. And so me and my boyfriend ended up breaking up for um, certain reasons. And I ended up that same year. So I lost that. So I lost my sense of security. I felt stripped of it, and I didn't know what to do because that's where I had found it. And um, and then my best friend, we kind of drifted apart, and so I lost that. And so that was another thing. I felt like I was just being stripped naked, and I didn't know I didn't know what to do. And then I also I started having shin problems, and so I wasn't as good at running. I was at the bottom of varsity, fighting to stay on varsity. And then I got a staph infection, and I was in the hospital for a week, and um. I couldn't run for three weeks, so that was my whole season. So then I had running taken away from me. And um, so I kind of lost all my sense of security, and I was just in this really um, lost and vulnerable time in my life. And then I had this problem on my hands that had snowballed, and um, I felt like I was dealing with something that I had no capability to deal with. I felt like, you know, I was like, I should not, I don't know what to do. And so um, next... I felt so alone and empty, and I, my life was basically shattered in my hands from this problem that I hadn't been dealing with. And so I started running to different people, and I would open up to different best friends about it, like, here, this is what's going on. And I wanted, because I was looking for the right words, that one of them was going to be able to tell me exactly what I needed to hear and was going to be able to tell me what I needed to do to piece my life back together. And they were going to be able to give me the right words and that they were going to save me from this. And... um I opened up to a lot of different people about it. Like, I don't know what to do here. Here, you take it. You tell me what to do. But no one could ever tell me what to do. Every single person I went to um, disappointed me. And that's because we're all people. Like, they're going to, no one's perfect. Everyone's going to disappoint you at some point. Not because they want to, but because we aren't capable of what God is. And um, so 
basically I was at the end of my rope. I was out of resources. I was out of people to turn to, and I was out of people to ask. They had all failed. And um, this is a really, this is at the beginning of my sophomore year. And um, this is a really difficult time for me. This is probably the most difficult time I've ever been through. I um, literally, I cried myself to sleep every night because I didn't know what to do. And I was, it was a terrible time. Um, And then finally, I don't really know where the switch came when I realized what I was doing and just how um, dumb and I guess foolish I was being in that. Thank you. In that time. But um, I finally realized that I had been finding my security in people. Like, the reason that I was in the place that I was is because I had lost everything. And that with them, I had lost my security and my confidence and my identity. And so then I finally was like, wow, I've been looking to all the wrong places. I need to, God's the only one that's going to be able to fulfill me. And so um, I ended up, instead of just crying every night, I still cried myself to sleep for, like, months. But I, would, I put on How Great Is Our God, and I put that on repeat, and I would just fall asleep in God's arms every night and I'd wake up the next morning and I didn't know why I was smiling I didn't know why but I wasn't faking it anymore it was a genuine smile because I was starting to give it up to God like okay no one else can fix this problem I don't know what to do with it so I finally started giving it to God and um because I was always known as, you know, the happy, always smiling. And um, so I didn't want everyone to know what a hard time I was going through. So I kind of just kept the smile there, but it was completely fake and it was completely empty. But whenever I finally started surrendering to God and realized that I was finding my security in the wrong things, I woke up in the morning and I had this smile, but it was more like a broken smile. and But it was a good broken. And... Um, I really, like, I smiled, but I wasn't faking it. And it was because God had taken it from me, and he had filled me with joy. Um, And uh, so basically, I guess that that freshman year, I was kind of finding my sense of security and my identity. Because really, freshman, sophomore year, I would say, are where you really begin to shape who you are and where your identity lies. And I was finding that in the wrong places, in athletics and in friends. And um, so God basically stripped me of all of it and just so that he could bring me back. And that's what it took to get me to that um, place. But that event that happened at the end of my freshman year, that circumstance entered my life, um, that really destroyed me. I was so broken and I was so torn up from it. I didn't know how to be myself anymore. I didn't know how to act around people. I didn't know who I was. And I kept trying. I was like, oh, I have dealt with this. I've given it to God. I'm, I'm coming to you now. And I was really at that place. I was really, I had surrendered to God. And it, my relationship with him was extremely intimate because he had held me through so many nights of just horrible I don't know, just feeling so depressed and so lost. And he had held me through all of that and really restored me. And um, and I realized that um, I kept trying. And so I started to, I was back with God. My relationship was good with God. But I was still trying to get back to the person that I had been. Back to the fun, happy, smiling person that I had genuinely been, like at the beginning of my freshman year before everything had happened. And, um... I realized I kept trying to get back to who I had been before. And God finally showed me that he was giving me such a huge opportunity and that everything that happened that had happened was such a huge blessing because he had stripped me of everything. I had nothing. 
and he was giving me a chance to kind of rebuild my life and put the pieces of my life back together, but with him as the foundation, and not athletics, and not my friends, and not any of those things. And um, it took about a year for me to fully recover from what had happened. I was still trying to give it up to God, but um, he really broke me, and my life was completely shattered. And um, so that's kind of what brought me back to realizing that it wasn't just going to church. It wasn't just doing the right thing. It was having an intimate relationship with him where he is your everything. And even though you love him and you may have a relationship with him, that's not what he's called you to. He's not called you to just go to church on Sundays and, um, you know, do his will and be nice to everyone. He's called you to, for him to, to be living sacrifices, for him to be your everything where you find your confidence, where you find your fulfillment, where you find your joy, everything in you that satisfies you should be found in God. And that was, it took a lot to show me that. It took my life being destroyed and having nothing for me to come to find that. But but that was the situation that ultimately, I guess, kind of brought me back to what what his real calling was, that it wasn't just, you know, being a nice person <laughs> at school that it was being completely and totally just engulfed in him and just that's whenever I really feel like that was at the time whenever I I'd always loved God but I never that was whenever I really fell in love with him and I just thirsted for him and just him holding me every night was I guess what made him so real to me and was what made me fall in love with him and just crave him and want him more um, so during middle school, um, things were really extremely difficult because I just wanted to um, be accepted. And I dealt with problems of always wanting to try and live this person on the outside um, who everybody liked, um, but was completely different from what I believed on the inside. So it was definitely like a kind of, you know, the hypocritical kind of thing, like I say one thing and do another kind of thing. Um, I had this friend in middle school, and we were best friends for forever, and we, you know, we did the same things, and we liked the same things, but um, one of the things that I can realize now is that there was no way um, that she was pulling me towards Jesus. She was, she, she went to church, but it wasn't church. It was, my parents take me, and I don't really care, whatever, and they did fun stuff, so I went with her to some of the fun stuff, but she never wanted to come to church with me, and we lived kind of that relationship where I was, I was kind of wanting to go more towards Jesus, but she would drag me back down, and I just went with it. And um, at the end of my eighth grade, or at the end of my seventh grade year, she um, totally destroyed our relationship. She um, had done a lot of things that hurt me um, to cause me not to be able to trust people, um, and I didn't know who to turn to if my best friend didn't even. You know, she lied to me, and she told rumors about me, and she, like, spat in my face, basically. I mean, it was not something that um, I was looking for. It was, like, the most devastating thing in middle school that could have happened because that was what I was living for, to be liked by somebody. And she was there for me, and then she wasn't. And I had no idea where I was supposed to turn. Um, so from then, I was, I had always kind of tagged along with her, and I, I thought, you know, whatever she's doing, that's what I'll do. Um, but there was something in me that was trying to search for that one single passion to live by, um, that one thing in life to um, make it worth it, um, and people weren't doing it for me. And so during my eighth grade year, I began to try and change the way I was living. Um, 
I got more involved in church. I was doing backer Bible clubs. I'd been doing that for forever. Um, so I, I really enjoyed that, and that was awesome. But um, the Holy Spirit was really changing my heart um, in order to make things that um, the standards that, that people had for me at school I could meet those, but the standards that my parents and the people at my church had for me were so much higher um, to want to love Jesus every day and to to look for him um, in everything. And um, I had failed those miserably, although I would be that person on the outside that hadn't had any of that on the inside. Um, And so I needed to live for something that was bigger than me. Um, I needed to get my life in order to start um, realizing why I was here and what my purpose was. And that was the goal of my eighth grade year um, and going into my ninth grade year um, was finding who I was really. And um, my parents played a big role in that, um, simply just praying for me. Um, They would pray that I would just um, come to know who Jesus was and what he did for me. Um, And I really grasped the whole idea um, that it was a personal thing, that Jesus had died for the sins that I had done, that I was not worthy of it. Um, that was a really big thing. I still um, I can't grasp my mind around it. It's just it was one of those things that, that was probably the biggest thing that I could hold on to when I was like living life and trying to figure out things. And it wasn't about me anymore because I didn't deserve any of this. Um, and so, continuing... Um, one of the things that um, I started to do was to open up to people about Jesus, um, which is kind of strange because I didn't open up to people. I closed off, and I didn't want to talk to anybody because I didn't want to um, say something the wrong way or be looked at differently. And um, some of the things that started changing was I started getting more talkative, which is the way you guys know me now. Um, I don't ever shut up. Um, so this started in eighth grade, and um, God just put this passion in my life for living for him and living through him um, and having him live for me um, to show other people about who he is and what he's done. Um, and I learned to boast in the cross, to boast of what he had done for all of us and to share that with other people. And that's really, I guess, the transition from eighth to ninth grade is really just when I realized that um, – Life wasn't to be wasted. It was to be purposed. Thank you. Uh, we've got two questions left, but if you guys could pick and choose, uh, which one of those questions do you have more to say about? Th- number three or number four, which one would you think? Number four? Okay, let's go to number four then. What's the most difficult thing you've ever had to go through, and what did God teach you about himself through it? Okay, I thought a lot about this question, and um, it, my answer might seem silly, I guess, to you guys, but I'm a teacher, and I teach third grade, and I really think the most difficult thing that I had to go through was my second year of teaching. I had this class of precious little ones that were constantly in contention, and fighting and arguing and it sounds like it's not a big deal but like when you're there all day and that's all you're surrounded by and it's your job to have them be peaceful and teach them it was just beyond belief I mean I had kids that were violent and threw things and said horrible things and things that were way beyond what they should know at their age and and so it was just an an unbearable year for me it was every night I'd come home and just be broken and just think I cannot go through another day like this all over again. And I think that was some of it, was each day was really hard, but it was like knowing that I had like 185 of those days to complete and I couldn't get out of them. And um, so 
one of the things, like every year before I get whichever kids I have in my class, I always pray that um, God would put in my class um, who he desires um, to, me to minister to, not the good kids or, you know, all these different stereotypes, but just who he desires um, me to reach this year. And so I knew that that was God's plan, that that group of kids was, was what God wanted for me that year. And so, I mean, in that there was some peace, but there was also this day-to-day, how am I going to make make it through this? And so um, I always pray for my kids continually throughout the year. And in years past, it had been really easy because they were great kids. They were fun. They were lovable. They liked me. I liked them. And it was easy to pray for them. But this year it was hard. It was really hard to pray for them because I didn't like them, and I was struggling to love them. And... um, (laughs) God, you know, by me faithfully praying for that group, he didn't change them. They were as contentious from day one as they were to the last day of school. But he changed my heart for them, and he gave me um, a love for that group of kids. And, and he just taught me that when you cling to him and rely on him, he will fill you. I went home every day just broken and stressed and wanted to cry. And every day I'd put on this song. It was recently out then, um, Chris Tomlin, um, How Can I Keep From Singing?, And I thought, okay, I'm going through this, but how can I keep from singing? Christ is my Savior. He's my King, and He loves me, and He's called me to this. And so every day I'd be in the Word, and I'd read, and I'd praise, and and every day He'd fill me again, and so I could face the next morning. And I remember one verse that I read. It said, um, God is greater than our hearts. And that struck such a chord during that time because I thought my heart right now is is not at a place of love and compassion to these kids. My heart is not not you know, it was just not good and so um that realization that he is bigger than my feelings and um what i think was um really a breaking point to um showing me his compassion and how it fills and it it just because i was clinging to him and being filled by him every morning i could go to those kids the next day and that love and compassion that he gave me i could give to them you know it wasn't something they probably experienced a lot of at home and so because I was clinging to Christ that affected all those kids because I was able to shower them with God's love and mercy and grace and it also really gave me an opportunity to witness because that class was pretty legendary in my school and lots of people would come and say I don't understand if I were you I would lose it I don't know how you're doing it I don't know how you have a good attitude because at school most of the time I did I hid what I was really feeling but it was you know through God changing me during that time period um, I was able to share look this isn't me my heart for these kids and my um, frustrations are real and they're not what God would have me but this is through Christ, um, that I can love these kids and that I can um, influence their lives. So I guess what I really learned is during that difficult time that was very long, um, God's mercies are new every morning. And when you cling to him, he won't fail to lift you up and to fill you and to um, give you grace that you can then um, in turn shower on others. Okay, I guess I kind of already said it. what the, the circumstance and the situation that entered my life at the end of my freshman year was definitely the hardest I've ever had to go through. But a part of that was forgiving the person that brought that into my life was even harder. Um, I Honestly, I didn't know how to forgive them. I honestly thought I was not capable of it. And that's true. I wasn't capable of it. I It was letting go of that, letting go of what happened and giving it to God. And not, I, had, I held on to it with clenched fist 
because I don't know if it was because I didn't want to let it go because I was, and I numbed myself to it, so I wasn't really angry about it. I wasn't really sad about it. I was just numb. And um, I don't know if it was because I didn't want it to happen again, and I was scared that if I let it go, then it might come back. And um, finally I let it go, and I just gave it to God. And God taught me that even if, like, I'm called to love that person no matter what. And, I mean, look at what God's forgiven me of. He he died on the cross for us when we still hated him, when we were still sinners, before we ever loved him. And um, that was just a huge example of me. Like, even though I was doing a Beth Moore study, and it goes through a chapter. It was about agape, just loving on people. And at the end, it talks about, like, the people that you don't want to love, the people that are there that you really don't want to love, like, how you do that. And it's more like a reaction than a feeling. And I learned that um, God told me that I wasn't capable of loving this person, but he was, and he still wanted to love them, and he still did love them. And so it was me acting how God would want me to act and praying for the feeling to come. And eventually it did. And now I honestly can say that I fully love that person. I don't even think about the circumstances that they brought into my life. I don't even attribute that to them. But um, that was so hard for me. But God um, really showed me, just through everything that happened, he showed me that people can be there for you, and he's going to place people into your lives that are going sh- to sharpen you, and they're going to be there for you to comfort you, but they can never heal you. And God's the only one that's ever going to be able to heal you. And so really, and my dad was, um, my dad, he's a great guy, but I don't really know where he is with Christ, which is obviously not good since he's, should probably be leading the household but um so all through my life we never had the best relationship and a lot of it was due to my mom always told me bad things about him and so he kind of started within our relationship like 10 steps back trying to catch up and um but God really in those times that he held me he really became a father to me and that he taught me through that I learned that he really I mean that sounds so cliche like our Heavenly Father we say that so much but I think that during that time I really realized what that meant and what he had for you like even though my dad wasn't the dad that I thought he was supposed to be or that maybe he was supposed to be but that God was and that he would always be there and that people couldn't people could come for me but they couldn't heal me and that God would always heal me and that his like Candace said his mercies are new like his the joy that he wants you to have uh, the peace that he wants you to have it doesn't there's no limit to it. Like, you can go back to him every single morning and ask for more, and he gives it to you freely because he wants you to have it. And so just knowing that he was like that overflowing, that never-ending fountain, really um, was something that I realized about him, and that um, that he could satisfy me. That I didn't need running. I didn't need to be successful with that. I didn't need my friends. That he was enough. And we think that we need these things, but whenever you let them go and you really are just like, okay, God, I want you to fill me with what you have, then that's kind of, I don't know. So basically I learned that he was a healer and he was a father and he wants to hold you and he wants to be there for you. And he was just a shelter for me. And I learned how to run to him and how whenever anything entered my life, that I had to run to him, and that through everything I learned that the most important thing in life, in my opinion, is vulnerability, and being vulnerable to those around you so that you can create open relationships, being vulnerable to your circumstances so you can learn from it, 
and being vulnerable above all else to God and to what he wants to show you and not putting up your walls and not letting your pride get in the way but really being completely vulnerable at all times and in all your hurt situations so that he can really come in and turn that into something awesome and that's what he showed me um, kind of going off the last part you were talking about, um, I had, during high school, built up these walls, and I was stubborn, and I closed myself off to people, um, but not in the sense that I was a negative person and I was not a good person to be around. Um, I was simply the happiest kid around kind of thing. Like, I loved to make people happy and to make people smile and stuff, but it was all an act. It was all um, for me. And it benefited me because when people saw me being happy and they were happy, then I was like, yes, I did that. And it was all about me. Um, and I began to use God as an excuse um, for how I lived my life. And come sophomore year, well, for freshman year, I was on varsity track. And I was doing good. You know, I was on varsity. It was great. Having fun. I'm a pole vaulter. So, you know, that's kind of cool. And then sophomore year, you know, I was like, you know, every meet I'm praying right before, you know, God help me. You know, I want to do your will. I'm even like praying the will prayer. Like, I want to do your will, Jesus, you know, whatever. And it was all just became ritual to me. Every time I got on the track, that's what I said. You know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That was like my theme verse or whatever for a track. And um, I've never used it for real. I was just using it because that was something you could say and it felt you know really good to quote a scripture verse right before track and then sophomore year God is like no more of that and I tore all of the muscles my bicep tricep forearm off of my elbow and I kind of need my arm to pull vault and so I was completely um, devastated by that and he took that away from me and I was angry and that was not very nice of me to be angry at God because I didn't know what he was doing. And I was like, this is stupid. I don't know why you did this. Now I can't pole vault. You know, how am I supposed to, you know, do good? Like, I realized that my life had become about me and my stuff and what I was doing and activities I was planning. And um, I really wanted everything to work the way I wanted it to. And I'm a pole vaulter, so I have to pole vault. Like, that's my job. And that's what I'm doing. And then he's like, no, you're not going to focus on you anymore. It's not about you. Um, and so he slowly began to um, tell me things that um, focused me on him, um, brought me closer to him, um, trying to show me um, the way to live, um, to prove that he is more precious than life, to live that um, shows that he is worth more to me than anything in the world, that he can take away pole vaulting for me and, I'll still praise him that he's still the God that I trust and the God that I serve. Um, so that was one of the um, things in my sophomore year that he really sh- sh- um, showed me. And then most recently, um, with this whole college thing coming about, um, my junior year um, basically had a huge meltdown. Um, I could not fathom the thought of leaving my friends um, because as a coach's kid, you move a lot. And we've been here for nine years, and that is the longest we've been anywhere. Um, I've never had a home because we always moved. But to fathom the thought of moving again, I closed myself off to God. I didn't want him in my life because I was like, I don't want change. I just wanted to stay the same, and I just wanted everything to be the same. But I also knew that days were passing and things were getting closer and college stuff was coming up, and my best friend I was 
completely freaked out of my mind because she wanted to go to Chicago. And I was like, I will hold you here and chain you to the post, and you're not leaving, and you can't go that far away. And I started putting limits on people and telling God where they were going, and you can't make them go there and trying to plan my life. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm an organized planner, and I love to plan things, and I get very crazy about things, and I love everything to be in order and stuff like that. And um, I'm, I've obviously learned during my life a little bit that my plans aren't always what God's plans are. Um, and that's one of the things, just with my future, um, that is the biggest struggle in my life um, right now. I struggle daily um, with giving my life to Christ every day um, because I don't know what's going to happen um, in the future. I don't know where I'll be living, how Baylor's going to work out, where I'll be, you know, these different situations that I wish I knew um, that just devastate me when I think about them too much. Um, even going further into the future, you know, well, I want to go to Ukraine every year, but will I keep getting to go to Ukraine to go talk to these friends that I've made and go share about Jesus? And will I get married? You know, what about that future? You know, I want kids. I want to, I want to go off and I start planning and I start making plans now so I can fulfill those in the future. Um, and Christ has just really been showing me that um, it doesn't matter about what you do here if it's for you, if it's for temporary gain. Um, He's been showing me that every day you have to come to him with open hands, um, unclenched fists, and just showing him that you know that he's got it. I mean, he's controlling the universe, you're crying out loud. Like, I think he can plan my life all right. Um, And knowing that he's not going to sit there and just destroy me. Like, he's not up in heaven like, ha, squish Cassie, that's great. And, I mean, he has good plans for me. And he he loves me and he's there for me. Um, But I have issues with trusting people. Um, because I've been hurt in my life, and I don't like it when people hurt me, and so I close off, and I want to make sure I can do this, and I'm I'm in control of this. Um, and God's been showing me that um, He is the only one that is faithful um, to do and to complete what He started. Um, he will f- finish my life to be like Christ. Um, I have no doubt about that. He will be there um, in the end for me when others won't be. Um, he's there constantly. So just giving up my life for him, sacrificing the things that I want for perhaps what he wants, not trying to morph my plans into his plans and say, just put the label like, oh, this is God's will, and put that in that category. Just really praying and trusting um, that he is my rock and my salvation and who I live for. Um, That's probably the biggest struggle um, that I'm going through presently. Um, But he is showing me that life can be wasted when you focus on yourself. Um, and then pride gets in the way. Um, but when you look to him and you see him rightly and you see what he's done and what he did here and what he did for us, um, it kind of changes your perspective um, to live for him daily. Phenomenal job. Thank you. Great job, ladies. I really appreciate you sharing this morning. Um, I have two hopes as you hear stories week to week. One hope is that if you're a believer in Christ and you're struggling right now, that you'd be encouraged. That the stories that you hear up here would, would encourage you to keep pressing on in your faith and, uh, and that Christ um, would be everything to you, as I said. If you're not a follower of Christ right now, then my hope for you 
is that you would be convicted, that you'd really be convicted by um, what you've heard, and you would be uh, compelled to move towards Christ and compelled to um, to come into a relationship with Him. And uh, and guys, every single week we're always up here uh, with that in mind, either to encourage believers or to help those that are not believers in Christ to be convicted about their need for Christ. Conviction is kind of a weird word to use, and it sounds harsh, but... Um, but we believe that, that man's whole purpose is to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And if we don't encourage you in that direction, then we're actually not loving you in the best way possible. And so our desire is to love you guys fully and wholly. And so the way we do that is to encourage you to follow Christ. And if you ever want to know more about what that means or talk to us about what that looks like in your life, uh, please come talk to us. With that in mind... Um, every week I'd like to uh, just offer the people on stage a chance, if you'd like to talk with them or even if something that they said really moved you or you really want to have them pray with you, uh, please come forward and have them uh, do that. If you guys can stay seated for just a few minutes, that'd be great. Uh, but you guys can uh, come forward after I, I pray if you would like to talk with them. Uh, and uh, also, real quickly, uh, before I pray, I do want to encourage you guys um, that... Wednesdays throughout the summer are going to be a lot of fun. We've got a, a bunch of fun stuff planned. Uh, we'll go over more of that next week, of course, starting with the scavenger hunt this Wednesday. If you are not really connected to us uh, relationally, we really encourage you to be a part of those Wednesday evenings. We feel like um, some crazy things could happen that could break down some barriers that could allow you to really be a part of what goes on here in a, in a more uh, genuine way. So uh, let me go ahead and pray for us. Next week we've got uh, JK up here and... Uh, Heather, and we've got Ryan, I believe, doing their testimonies. So it'll be awesome next week as well. Let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you so much for um, being a God who uh, changes lives, being a God who transforms us. And God, we know that uh, we cannot take credit for anything that's happened in our lives. Um, but we also know that we do bear uh, the fault and the, uh, the burden of sin that we do commit. We do choose to, to commit in our lives. God, I pray that... Um, Anyone here this morning that does not know you, does, is not following after you, uh, does not really, is not really living life with a purpose um, to, uh, to follow after you and what you want from them, God, I pray that you would just um, convict them this morning of their need for you. And God, I pray that as they, as they sense that conviction, it would not lead to um, anger, it would not lead to uh, hatred of you but it would lead to love of you and a desire to follow after you and a desire to um, understand what their real purpose is, and that's to follow you with their entire being. God, I pray also for those that, um, that may be struggling just in their faith, that may be believers but just struggling in their faith, that you would just encourage them through the stories they've heard this morning as well. God, we love you so much and we praise you. We pray all this in your name. Amen. Have a great week, guys. We'll see you Wednesday evening. 8 o'clock here at the Outback. Have a great week.